It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to tonight's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the programme... We're feeling very festive with just over a week to go until Christmas Day. We're going to be talking to Birgitta Hedden-Curtin from the award-winning Burns Smokehouse in Listenvarna, County Clare, about growing up in Sweden and the way Birgitta celebrated Christmas as a child there. And Helen Cook from This Winding Life has inspiration for us all so we can make some delicious homemade gifts for family and friends this Christmas. But before we hear from tonight's guests, let me tell you how to get in touch with me here at The Best Possible Taste. You can make contact by emailing me, s.noonan at live.ie, or you can tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation, and I'm on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So as Christmas Day approaches, I'm always curious about how different countries celebrate the festive season. Brigitte Hedden-Curtin is well known to us for the success of the award-winning Burns Smokehouse in County Clare. And having grown up in Sweden, I was curious about what they enjoy for Christmas dinner and any other traditions they might have. I spoke to Brigitte earlier this evening, so let's have a listen to hear what she told me. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Brigitte, you're very welcome to the best possible taste. Thanks so much for joining us this evening. And I want to start by asking you about your Christmases growing up because you grew up in Sweden. That's right. Thank you, Sharon, for having me on. Yeah, it was very, very special. Um, Christmas particularly has been very dear to me all, all my life. And I grew up on a farm. Uh, we were self-sufficient. There was some... There's some forestry attached to the farm. So not only did we have our own milk and uh, my father was a huntsman, so we had our own fish. We had uh, moose, roe deer, um, hare, pheasants, ducks of all kinds. And the fish we had for particularly for Christmas would be smoked eel and smoked herrings. It would always be part of the smorgasbord. Uh, which would be we would have on the Christmas Eve. But even before that, uh, because we had our own forest, my father would have picked out uh, some junipers uh, that grow quite tall, and we have quite quite a lot of them on, on our land. And uh, he would have picked up two jun- uh, picked out two junipers that we went out and cut, and then of course the Christmas tree as well, and um, some other you know, um, little things from, from the forestry like blueberry blueberry and lingonberry um, branches, you know. So that would be part of the decoration. And we'd actually decorate on the day. So it was quite acute, you know. Uh, but it was just a wonderful, wonderful uh, celebration and uh, tradition to have. But it culminated, of course, with the, with the food. And that happened in the evening after a lot of preparation during the day. Um, smorgasbord with the different, a lot of different uh, fish and uh, picket herring. As I said, the the um, gravad lax, the uh, smoked um, 
eel particularly and um, a lot of egg dishes with that and potato dishes, potato, potato and anchovies. So there's been a lot of traditional uh, dishes that we had and we would have a ham, we would have uh, mashed potato and peas and uh, some Christmas drinks. So yeah, no, it was wonderful, wonderful memories. So it sounds a bit different from a traditional Irish Christmas dinner in that there was no turkey. No turkey. Turkey was not part of our tradition at all. Um, and wouldn't, not that I'm aware of in, in the rest of Sweden, I'm sure there would have been maybe some people. Another thing that would have been very important is the candles, tons of candles. And before we got our Christmas presents, we would have been left um, asked to go upstairs and be complete darkness, uh, me and my three sisters, would uh, my sisters would read me stories and things like that, waiting for the time to get down. And then we come down and everything was in candlelight, no electrics, uh, electrical uh, lights at all. And it just was such an incredible thing to come down and almost blinded from the darkness to the light. Just beautiful. And I've continued on that. So the Christmas morning here uh, before children, uh, my own children would come down, I would, again, light the fire, put on lights everywhere, including the stairs coming down, you know, tea lights, and to have that effect of just kind of coming in and light candles. It's just a wonderful, wonderful tradition that we had and that I've continued on uh, and, you know, developed within our own Christmas uh, celebrations here in Ireland. It sounds absolutely magical. And would you have turkey now in Ireland? Is that what would you have yes. for your Christmas yeah. dinner? Yeah, so we have turkey and ham, and uh, it has very good. Also, nachos. From time to time, we would have, have um, vegetarians in the in the family. And uh, again, smorgasbord would have surprise, surprise, smoked salmon, hot smoked and cold smoked, some smoked eel, some herring, some. Uh, and also, the last two years, I've added on oysters, some uh, dainty oysters from Kira and Jerry O'Halrahan. Uh, New Key is very close to us. And I've also had uh, a few Christmases as well, where I've gone down and got lobsters. So the day before Christmas Day, we would have the lobsters, an extra celebration. When you buy it from the lobster fisherman yourself, you know, it's just, it's very fresh and it's very it, reasonable enough, you know, and it's just an incredible celebration to have that seafood experience that we, we're just living beside. It's amazing. It, it's wonderful. It sounds fabulous. And of course, you mentioned your smoked salmon, the Burren Smokehouse. Smoked salmon probably features on a lot of Christmas starter menus throughout Ireland and beyond. Well, I suppose it is extremely convenient where you don't do, need to do any cooking unless you want to have a recipe with it. But it's just brilliant to have uh, along with the oysters and a glass of champagne. And we would have that kind of during the in the middle of the day, not the breakfast, but middle of the day as we're just about to start to prepare. We would have a little glass of champagne and then continue on the cooking. And again, we do the whole family is involved, so. You know, one one daughter knows does the stuffing, 
when my son's feeding with the spuds, and so it's a shared experience that you know you take on certain certain um, things to do, and that just lightens the load, and it's more fun to do it together. I think absolutely, and everybody's making a contribution in some shape or form, and it's all equal in terms of when you sit down for the dinner. There's not one person sitting down with the sweat, lashing off them because they've had to do absolutely everything. The team effort, I think, just contributes to the pleasure of the, of the meal and the day. And I, that's so much Christmas, you know, coming together. And now my children are not so much children anymore. They are young adults. And, but even before that, they would have had a, a little task to do. And uh, it just, that's exactly what Christmas is about. And that's what I'm looking forward to this Christmas again, you know, all being together, playing games, enjoying really good food and, and uh, different drinks. And um, that togetherness, the family together just is fabulous. From a business perspective, it has been very challenging this year for lots of businesses because of the pandemic. And it's something that I know you have been very conscious of and working with other producers in the Burren because earlier on this year you brought out the Burren basket which includes your smoked salmon as well as lots of other lovely cheeses and black pudding and, and different items from the region. Yeah and I mean it was a kind of communal effort to survive in difficult times and I suppose because we have had an online presence for many, many years now, we were kind of ahead of the curve and we wanted to work together uh, and source locally, which meant that it was an experiment back in, in around Easter, and uh, which really worked out very well for all of us. Uh, I know it was a really difficult time, especially for the likes of St. Olagotis and um, bar and gold they, they have a lot of um, food service orders or other restaurants that they supply and there was none of that you know so to be able to have another way of selling the products uh, and indeed Sanctola have increased their own selling online uh, as well you know and we've been working together to support each other and um you know, next week is like incredible for the bar and baskets. We have three different baskets and kind of wanted a few different price points and also a few different um, ideas of what in, what was included. And we have the bar and breakfast ha hamper that can go to the US, can go everywhere in the world. But some of the other hampers with, with meats and things like that, with the pudding, it can't really go, go to the US and soft cheeses can't either. But, you know, the... There's been incredible response, you know, for that uh, and support for us all, which is amazing. Um, the thing of sending a gift to somebody, if you can't meet them in person, to send a gift of food uh, from their own county or from their own country or um, to friends and families, it, it's such an incredible, strong uh, support and, and, and gesture of love really for each other and it's something that you know you don't have to think oh will this suit this person of course you know do, what do they like in, in foods but it's it's an easier gift to give as well and um, it's a celebration you know an opportunity for celebration even if you may not be able to see each other 
so yeah, no, the response and and the support from uh, people all over Ireland. A lot of new customers have come to us as a result of this, and um, it's just really, really amazing. So next week is seriously, <laughs> seriously busy, and I've just been over to Sanctola uh, earlier on today to Sanctola Ghosties to get hundreds of items and the same thing alibi caves and so you know it's great that we together um work together and people want to give a present with a few different things in it you know the idea of the hampers are great um because you have a range of products and a range of things for the whole family i think for those family members that can't make it back this year it is lovely to send them a taste of ireland and what you're describing there is a great sense of community between all the different businesses in the borough and another great success story that has come out of Ireland as a result of the pandemic is Neighbourhood, which is an online, you know, you go online to do your shop and there's different neighbourhoods in, in different areas and your, yourself at the Burren Smokehouse would be involved in a lot of those um markets in inverted commas where you you know it's like click and collect system there. And it was hugely helpful you know it was a perfect the the concept of neighbor food was there but it was just which was great because it had a maturity and it was extremely well thought out um uh online presence and the, a support for both producers and the customers so i think it, it's an absolute brilliant concept uh, that is looking after everybody and to reach out to uh, smaller producers that on, don't have an online presence or even just to reach out even when you do have an online presence that, you know, the collective of different products that you can buy on a weekly basis, it's just brilliant. And it, it was very helpful for us uh, back in all through March, April, well, April, May, uh, and also through the autumn and, and and again an opportunity to meet new customers discerning customers people that really care about what food they eat and equally for the customers to to be able to get the food that they're they, that they're looking for uh, i mean there's been a lot of uh, new products come online and available because of neighbor food and because of people's support as well of of neighbor food and wanting to 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 care about where the products come from and what to eat. And you're talking there about discerning customers and Limerick's ham would have been absolutely essential to Queen Victoria. She had to have a Limerick ham for her Christmas day. And the Burren Smokehouse salmon is no stranger to Queen Elizabeth, the, the Queen of England. Now we're very, very lucky to get the opportunity to supply to Ross Lewis. Uh, Ross contacted me and asked us to get some wild salmon for him for the um, very historical event uh, in Dublin Castle of the banquet, the state banquet uh, on the 11th of May 2011. And uh, now it's just amazing to be part of all that. Uh, it was just such so much support for Irish produce and showcased on the whole menu all Irish produce for that occasion and we've also had opportunities through uh, Bordbia uh, to to supply for a Christmas or sorry for a St. Patrick's Day uh, basket that has been given to the White House 
um, for many years now and also bring our products uh, along with the likes of Sheridan's products to uh, embassies all over the world. And again, Bodbia and the, the state would have supported that to showcase Irish produce and Irish food. So that's a great, great um, collective opportunity for us all. Uh, and we're absolutely delighted to be part of that. And um, again, you know, the Burn Nectors Network recently got an award um, for uh, our working together with the, it was highlighted um, on an international award. So that was, that was amazing. Fantastic. So if people want to have a starter this year or make their canapes with a smoked salmon fit for a queen, they have to go to the burnsmokehouse.com and they can order online there or the neighbour foods, as I said, it's readily available there. And I'm sure your visitor centre and your shop is open in Liston Barna in County Clare up until the last gasp. It, it sure is until the 24th. So I think two o'clock or maybe yeah, around two o'clock on the 24th we're shutting shutting shop and then everybody can uh, of the team can have a bit of celebration themselves um, and uh, enjoy Christmas and New Year. Lovely well great to hear your childhood memories it's really interesting to hear what you had growing up Birgitta and it's lovely to hear that you've incorporated that into your own family Christmas and I wish you and Peter and all the family a fantastic Christmas and all the best for 2021. Thank you so much, Sharon. The very same to you and yours. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, Brigitte Hedden-Curtin from the award-winning Burn Smokehouse in County Clare shared memories of her childhood Christmases growing up in Sweden and it was lovely to hear how Brigitte is incorporating her favourite childhood traditions into her family's celebrations here in Ireland. If you're just tuning in now you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now, if you're making Christmas dinner this year or you know someone that is, Chef Brian McDermott will join us on next week's programme to give us some advice and tips, so be sure to tune in for that. In the meantime, we're going to talk now about edible gifts. Friends and family of Helen Cook from This Winding Life are in for a treat this year as Helen has been cooking up a storm in the kitchen to create an array of fabulous homemade gifts. Helen joins us now by Zoom with her gift inspiration. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Helen, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. Thanks so much for joining us. And you are going to tell us tonight about your gift ideas, like homemade gifts that you make personally for your friends and family. Hi, Sharon. Thanks for having me on again. Yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do this evening. I love making uh, gifts for friends and family every Christmas. And in the past, I would have put a lot of work into making what I called my Christmas treat boxes, which were little cake boxes with, you know, pieces of homemade fudge or some like brownies or Christmas cookies. But that's actually quite a lot of work because so much of that has to be done 
very close to the time that you're giving it to the people so that it's fresh, obviously. And I was putting myself under huge pressure every year to do all of this baking. So this year I decided to take a step back and see what could I make in advance that I could do throughout the month of December and save myself like a whole lot of time closer to the date. Can I ask you, is this something that you would have done as a child growing up that you would have maybe made homemade gifts for family members as a child? Probably not too much. I suppose I I always was a little bit on the make and do when I look back on it. Um, Back in the 80s and 90s, there used to be great kind of craft kits you could get from Santa. Candle making and soap making, all of those ones. I definitely would have been the child that got those kind of gifts from Santa. And I would have then made little bits and pieces for that. But no, I actually think it's more as I've gotten older and become much more of a, of a cook and a baker. It's so nice to give people things to eat at Christmas. And it's very easy to, you know, buy all of the boxes and tins of biscuits and things like that. But people really do appreciate, that's what I noticed, something homemade. So even if it's as simple as some shortbread biscuits you know like put into a little tin that you say to someone I made these for you I think people are just astounded because I think it's not done as much anymore so people really do appreciate taking the time so in my family these treat boxes have become a bit legendary um they're all going to get a bit of a surprise this year that they're not getting any but um (laughs) well of course as you say it is hard in terms of timing but even more so this year because we're not interacting with people as much because of the pandemic so even for the likes of myself I don't know when I'm going to get to the north if I'm going to get to the north at any stage between now and and the new year so um, and obviously to send something through the post and I'm sure you have some postal friendly type gifts to suggest as well so you know the timing is is critical whenever something is homemade so it's great that you have suggestions that they have that shelf life for want of a better word exactly exactly that was going to be one of my points is that the things I've chosen this year are for that reason because I'm going to be going to leash to my family for Christmas and also to my family in Limerick but I don't know when over those two weeks and everyone's trying obviously to be quite flexible about when we can go visit different people and not have too many people in the home so I wanted things in jars that's what we're going to talk about that I can just have with me and I can whip it out and be like here's a present here's one I made earlier um and it's homemade so I started collecting jars this summer a um, couple of different reasons. I'm trying to be a little bit more sustainable in my grocery shopping anyway, Sharon. I'm, I'm trying not to buy as much in plastic. So if I'm buying like a jar of peanut butter or like a jam or something, um, I'm, I've been choosing glass all the time um, just as because glass can be 100% recycled. And then I was gathering up so much glass that around kind of August, September time, I thought I should hang on to some of these jars, especially the bigger jars and use them at Christmas for this purpose and put things in jars that will keep and that I can give to people. So that's how it all started. And when you made that decision, 
when you were doing your shopping there, would the shape and size of a jar of something influence whether or not you would buy it? It, it would actually. <laughs> um, there's a few jars I've bought. Like there is a lovely jam. Oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. Um, I think it's a French brand. It's in all the supermarkets. So I, I definitely picked up a few of those. There's also um, a, a gherkins that I get in John stores. Um, that's a lovely big fat jar with a gold, uh, plain gold top on it. Um, but if you are stuck for jars, any baking supply website will sell jars. You can buy jars actually online quite cheaply. So don't be stuck for jars. Um, or if you're in, you know, Dublin or in any of the big cities in Limerick City, places like that, I think there's the range is in Limerick now. Um, I was on their website lately. They have kil- the Kilner jars that you can snap down. They're not expensive at all. So you can buy those kind of jars quite cheaply, uh, sometimes maybe cheaper than you get some of those Christmas gift bags, which can be very expensive. So don't be stuck for jars. The other thing to note, of course, is you do need to sterilize your jars. Um, so to do that, you need to wash them in warm, soapy water. Anybody who's a homemade jam maker will know this anyway. Wash them in warm, soapy water, um, rinse them well, and then put them into a preheated oven at 180 degrees for 10 minutes. And that kills anything that could be lurking on the glass. And then just be careful. Let them cool and then transfer in whatever you're putting in and put the lid on immediately. Um, so that's just how to sterilize any, any jars, which is important. Okay, so up first is a Christmas chutney. This is Mary Berry's Christmas chutney um, that I pulled off of the BBC Good Food website. Um, so you can find it very easily. The reason why I chose this is it's kind of unusual. There's obviously a million chutney recipes out there. So if you have one that you like, just go for it. Um, a lot of people like to make apple, plum kind of spiced chutneys, especially around Christmas time. They're lovely with cheese. But this is maybe more of a relish than a chutney, I would say. But it basically has tomato, peppers, aubergines, and onion. So it's kind of unusual with white wine vinegar, salt, garlic, sugar, coriander, paprika, and cayenne pepper. So it's it's got a little bit of a kick to it. Um, Now, the recipe does say that you need to let it mature for a month. So we're kind of probably coming up to around that time now. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine after a couple of weeks. So I made mine two weeks ago. And look, I think a lot of people, you know, if they get a number of jars and things like that at Christmas, we can't open everything and use everything at Christmas. So even if you have a little note attached to it, like best enjoyed towards the end of January, like use a little luggage tag or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to put exactly. I'm going to put little gift tags on mine to say like this is this has a long shelf life, like it's good for a month, and it's apparently very very good with any kind of cold meats. So it's really nice with ham. It could be really nice with cold turkey, with cold chicken. So over those couple of weeks of Christmas, we do use you know have a lot of leftovers, and people are making sandwiches and things like that. So I thought that would be a good one, and it has absolutely rave reviews on the BBC Good Food website. So. Fingers crossed it comes out well. (laughs) 
And, so, and in terms of skill level to make it uh, between zero being no skill and 10 being having lots of skill, like, is it fairly simple to make? You just cut everything up and lash it all in together? Absolutely. It would be a zero to a one. It is so simple. Now, the only thing is, if, if someone is going to try it, the cooking time on the re- on the recipe is, is out by a good bit. Um to think about a chutney, especially if you're someone who doesn't cook very often, if you think about the consistency of a chutney, you want it to be quite like thick and gloopy, almost jam-like. So I found that I needed to cook down the the mixture in my pan for a long, long time, almost an hour more than the recipe said. Okay. So you want the key with these chutneys, Sharon, is to let all of that watery like liquid evaporate off. And don't have it at a very high heat because it could start to stick mm-hmm. and burn on the bottom. And then that would give a burnt flavor throughout your mixture. So keep an eye on it. But what I did was I put it on a, a kind of a medium low heat so I didn't have to be standing watching it. So it wasn't going to burn. But that meant that it took longer for that that liquid to evaporate off. But just, just keep an eye on it. Keep stirring it. And once you get that gloopy jam-like kind of chutney consistency and it's not watery it's good to go okay great yeah so in a similar kind of vein um this one's probably a little bit more trendy that's the traditional chutney um i also found also on the bbc good food website which i do think have great recipes um for christmas a chorizo jam so this is probably a little bit more now for your your more adventurous or hip kind of friends. Um, but I love chorizo. I love brunch. I love breakfast, love eggs. And I have a few friends who are the same. And we've all been missing our trendy Saturday and Sunday brunches. Um, so I thought I'd give a few people a little pot of this chorizo jam. And apparently it's really nice, like drizzled over egg. Um so it could be a lovely one to make some kind of nice fancy breakfasts over the Christmas. But this has quite a short shelf life. I think it's only got about two. No, actually, it says it will keep for a month in the fridge. OK, so this will keep as well. It's very simple. Again, similar to the first one. It's cooking chorizo, which you can get in any supermarket. So that's kind of more raw than the regular chorizo that you can just eat. Um Onion, garlic, brown sugar, red wine vinegar, maple syrup, and interestingly, a shot of coffee. Very unusual. Yes. So it all cooks down and it's a little bit kind of more bitty because, you know, you'll have the little bits of chorizo. So it's going to be like a thick kind of a chorizo, kind of again, chutney type relish. That's the consistency you're going for. And it should be quite spicy, I think, and have lots of flavour. And it should be absolutely delicious over a breakfast. Um, or even maybe if you're doing a very simple dinner, you know, you could put it on some pasta, I would think. Or you could put it maybe even with some cheese. I can see it going very well with the sourdough bread, the avocado, the smashed avocado, the poached egg, and then drizzled over the top yeah. of it. So when you're making it, um, the way you buy the chorizo, it's like a sausage. So would you cut that into slices and then each slice maybe cut it into eight little bits? 
I would cut it down quite small, as small as you can do. Um, none of us are professional chefs, so you're not going to, you know, get that like perfect little dice. But yeah, cook it right, right down, so that you can imagine that it, you can spoon it then out of the jar. So you don't want big, big lumps. Yeah. So cut it as fine as possible um, into the little bits. So that's a couple of savoury gifts there. And then if, if you know somebody who's more of a sweet tooth, you have a couple of sweet options for us. I do. So a very simple and effective way of maybe giving somebody some chocolate. So again, over the years, I would had tried my hand at like making fresh truffles. But they last no length. They re you really need to eat them, especially if you're using, you know, any kind of fresh cream or, you know, anything like that with them. So I'm going to do something quite, again, trendy this year, which is chocolate bark. Have you heard of chocolate no, bark? No, tell me more about chocolate bark. Well, chocolate bark is, <laughs> again, one of, who comes up with these names? I'd love to know. <laughs> it's basically a slab of chocolate with, with nuts or fruit stuck to it. Okay. <laughs> it sounds much sounds much better calling it chocolate bark. <laughs> it does, it does. So um it's it's just a slab of chocolate with whatever kind of toppings that you want to put on it. So again, you can be as elaborate or as simple as you like, maybe according to the taste of the person that you're going to give them to. Of course, some people don't like nuts with chocolate, so you might put some like cranberries or you know, maybe even a little bit of mixed peel. Like there's different things you could pop on it. A good recipe, if you want a recipe to follow, is um, Chef Shane Smith, who is a fantastic chef. He's doing a great series at the moment for anyone that's on social media. He's doing a advent calendar baking series where he's doing like 25 recipes, one a day for the whole month of December. He's got some fabulous recipes on there. But one of his restaurants, you can, recipes, I beg your pardon, you can find it on his website or on his Instagram page, is the chocolate bark. So he's using Anya's handmade chocolate, which is a beautiful Irish brand of chocolate. But to be honest with you, you can use any chocolate that you get in the supermarket. And very simply, you melt the chocolate as you would if you're going to make chocolate rice krispies or anything like that. Melt it in a bowl over water. I'm going to do a marble effect with mine. So I'm going to melt some milk chocolate and some white chocolate separately. I'm going to pour it into just a lined brownie tin or baking tin. Then I'm going to pour some white chocolate on top, use a toothpick to like make a pattern. And then I bought, in Dunn's, I bought a pack of luxury fruit nut mix simple as that I didn't even buy a separate I bought one big bag it's got pistachio brazil nuts pecans almonds uh cranberry I think chopped apricot it's just one of those standard fruit and nut mixes and I'm just going to pour that over the top while the chocolate is still warm it sets and then you break up the slab into like shards or into pieces and then I'm just going to pop them into a jar close it up put a ribbon on it jar of chocolate fabulous homemade. fabulous sounds great yeah so simple so simple and that's one that again you could do the chocolate won't keep like chocolate in a jar probably keep for a week or so you know like if it you know the way chocolate can get a little bit of that bloom that white on it if it's 
but sure it won't last anyway they'll open it and they'll have it eaten in no time exactly and it's one that you could you know if you knew you had people coming or again you weren't sure and you wanted to do a homemade gift like you could have the 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 chocolate and the nuts in the press and you could just whip it out and do it in no time you could have it done in an hour less than an hour would be set so that's one for the the sweet tooth out there and another very simple one which is maybe nice for kids Sharon is just to do any kind of a cake mix in a jar so these are I've seen these are really popular um, in the US on US bacon sites especially I think they've been doing them over there for years as a gift so get a nice big you need a big jar for this now not just a jam jar so one of those big kilner jars or like my big pickle jar and I mean it could be anything you could do a brownie mix so you would weigh out all the dried ingredients like for a brownie so like your sugar your cocoa your flour um maybe even like little marshmallows or you know little bits layer it all up in the jar and then all you have to do is empty that jar into a baking bowl and add in your wet ingredients you could do the same for fairy cakes um you could do the same for like a simple sponge cake like you could go go wild whatever it is if you know the kids or family in particular like to make a certain thing it could even be pancake mix you know it could be anything and just do a little label and write on it this is brownie mix or whatever and just write what they need to add so add three eggs add you know milk add whatever it is and give them like the basic instruction on the label and there you go so simple yeah that's a lovely gift for a child isn't it yeah lovely gift for a child as i said if you know a child that likes to bake at home or loves cooking or whatever in the kitchen it's a really nice one to give um and you can personalize it too like that's the great thing about these gifts with the labels and you can just use a simple white sticky office label or you could buy the christmas gift tags that you know you can have or a brown label anything at all and you could say for example you know if, if it was like my little niece sarah she loves to bake so i could do a lovely label and put sarah's christmas brownies you know on the label and and put a little bit of decoration and kids love that kind of thing you know they feel so special absolutely so that's four edible gifts and then you have one final gift maybe for the person that isn't into the the making and the baking or the eating of the chocolate though I don't know anybody that's like that um but this is some for somebody that maybe enjoys a, a nice bath a nice soak in the bath yeah a nice soak in the bath so you can make up bath salts very easily for the bath and again it's all stuff that you'd have at home except perhaps maybe the epsom salts but you can get epsom salts very cheaply in any pharmacy all over ireland they're about a fiver for quite a big bag so it's not expensive and that could you could make a few different gifts with this and you can put it in a jar of any size so the general recipe i've come across online would be you can do two parts epsom salt to two parts regular salt to one part baking soda so that just gives a nice mix now you could just use the epsom salts as well if you wanted um no difference the baking soda gives it that little bit of a fizz 
you know, in the water, but it's also quite nice on the skin as an exfoliant. Baking soda is used a lot in homemade um, face masks and things like that because it kind of, it works on the skin. The Epsom salts, of course, are well known for their therapeutic and relaxing properties. So they're very good for tired muscles and legs and all of that. So they work quite well together. But you can just, you can experiment. And again, you can Google online. But if you wanted, you could just do like two cups of Epsom salts, you know, two cups of regular salt, or maybe not even the regular salt if you didn't want to use that. And then just some baking soda and mix it up. You can't really go wrong because they're not eating it. Absolutely. <laughs> they're putting yeah. it into the bath. And I think a nice add-on to that can be maybe a couple of hours babysitting or something like that where you know um you know this gift also includes a night's babysitting or an overnight stay if you have nieces or nephews or something like that so that you know they're home and they get to have their nice bath with no children interrupting them if they have children something you know I think that can be a nice complimentary and free like it doesn't cost anything but your time that's a, fa- it's a really good idea, actually, Sharon, really good. And another way then to pimp that up a bit would be to put in a couple of drops of an essential oil into the into the salt mix. So if you're a person that has quite a lot of oils and you know a lot about oils, you can come up with your own blend. Um, if, you're, if you don't, you can't go wrong with lavender. And you can find, again, lavender quite, quite cheaply um, in any pharmacy. You don't need to go to a specialist store. And you could put four or five drops of lavender into the salt mix mix that all up in a bowl first so that it all properly gets in there and then just pack it into your jar and you don't need to sterilize the jars or anything you know as long as it's nice and clean it doesn't have any uh, residue you know food and again just do up your lovely label and I think that's such a fab idea of adding in the babysitting or something something that you could do for somebody how how much would any woman especially love that gift (laughs) absolutely absolutely and look you know I think this year has made us appreciate the finer things in life in terms of time and having time for yourself and space and peace and quiet and obviously we've had more family time which has been hugely beneficial but many of us recognize we've too much stuff in our lives and it's not really stuff we need so to be gifted lovely homemade chocolate cookie mixes things that we can enjoy together as a family and maybe some me time having a soap in the bath and the children looked after I mean it's priceless really it is and it just takes a little bit of you know stopping and thinking you know which we, we we're always on the the, the the rat race and we're kind of thinking oh, what do I need to buy and what do I need to buy for this person but if you, it would be a very enjoyable thing for yourself as well. Like giving gifts is obviously a beautiful thing to do. But, the, you know, when I was making these chutneys the other day, like I, I had the luxury of a few hours in the kitchen and I put on Christmas FM and I just got chopping and cooking. And it was a really lovely way to spend the morning, a very enjoyable way to spend the morning, especially if you're a person that likes to be in the kitchen. So don't be put put out by all of the baking because I think there's bakes bakers and there's people who like to cook and I think baking can seem quite complicated and you know time consuming in a way but these simple things in the jars anyone can do and you just be you'll be so thanked 
Well, you've given us such fantastic gift inspiration, Helen. Thanks so much for that. And um, you're going to put all the details up in your blog. Yeah, I'm going to put all the details up on the blog and on my Instagram page as well. Um, and I link to all of the recipes that I've mentioned there as well. So Super. So if people pop on to thiswindinglife.org, they'll get all the details there and hopefully they'll share some of their creations on social media. Yeah, that'd be great. Exactly. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Helen. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks so much, Sharon. Take care. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, Helen Cook from This Winding Life had lots of wonderful homemade gift inspiration for us. Be sure to check out thiswindinglife.org for more details, including recipes. And earlier in the programme, Birgitta Hedden-Curtin from the award-winning Burren Smokehouse in County Clare shared memories of her childhood Christmases growing up in Sweden. If you are just tuning in now, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Sadly, that's all we have time for this evening. As I said earlier, Chef Brian McDermott from Donegal will join us on the programme next week. So we will all be set to make a lovely Christmas dinner. And I'll also be out on the road in the West Limerick village of Kilmeady to visit Roots Shop and Cafe, which is a fantastic new social enterprise. So we've lots to look forward to. Thanks for tuning in tonight and to my guests, Brigitte Hedden-Curtin and Helen Cook. And until next week, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!